Welcome into episode 59 of the Pegasus podcast presented by Night Sports Now. I am Bailey Adams and I'm joined as always by Christian Simmons. You can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22 at by CA Simmons and go ahead and throw us a follow at Night Sports Now while you're there. I know like we recorded last week, we recorded on Monday and it's today's Tuesday, but it feels like we recorded forever ago. I think we talked a little bit about this last week, but like, well, we yeah, like Monday, I, I then a flat out pod. said that I was like, oh yeah, for those of you who haven't noticed, we always record on a Monday or Wednesday. And now for like the first time, we're just not doing either of those things. We're recording it's on a Tuesday. Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Which that's your for, fault. You were busy. Uh, yesterday. Yeah, that so, was my fault. It's not but, me guys. Oh, well. I'm, I'm reliable. <laughs> Um, hey, while we have you here uh, listening to the Pegasus podcast, um, do me a favor. You, if you're listening to us on Spotify and Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, which almost all of you are, um, go, 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 to, go to the Twitter app right now or the Instagram app, and you can go to UCF Football or the UniSwag account and go vote for UCF for Uniform of the Year. Um, we'll give you a second to do that. So, Yep. Let's, uh, what are you going to talk about while they go do that? If you're driving, don't do it right now. Wait till you get to a red light <laughs> and then do it. So we'll get, I'm dead serious. Go do it right now. If oh, you're yeah, listening to this, actually, you should be doing it. Let's add a few hundred votes here. Come on, go do it. I was, I was confused for a second. Cause you were like, I thought you were going to tell them to like, give us a five-star rating or something. Cause you were like, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple podcasts, I was like, what does that have to do with them going to Twitter? So when you yeah, said that, I could I not like, care less. I could not care less what our reviews are. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, thought, I don't know. I thought that's where you were going. And I was like, this is a weird spot for him to do this. You've I listen to a lot before. of podcasts where they're like, oh, and like, if you're listening, like, please go give us five stars. Like we'd really appreciate it. I really do not care if you guys like it or not. I you're just, still, you're listening. Know, so you must be enjoying it. <laughs> I just want to know who gave us one star. It happened like a long time ago. <laughs> we did like a month after we launched the podcast, we got a one star review. And yeah. I don't know. It, I, I don't know. know I would love to know. I want to know what we did. I don't want to know who it was. I want to know what happened where they were like, I am giving this one star. <laughs> it was the Shreveport stuff. Like, I don't it's know. Probably, it no, no. Something. It was well before that. That's the weird was thing. It? it was like okay. a long time ago. It was probably someone that had like beef with you. I just assume that's Probably. what it was. That's Somebody fair. did it like, to Which, spite you, even though not knowing you don't care. But, like, to be fair, our first couple podcasts were kind of rough. Like I could see someone well, listening I, to like yeah. the first or second and being like, these guys are trash. <laughs> and just like, well, no, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think maybe like the production, uh, production value, even though the production value is still not like amazing or anything. It's just us talking. But I think like the content still of our early podcasts was good. They're like good enough to not be like, yeah, these guys deserve one star. I do think it was like a spite thing. That's, that's it was probably the, a spite narrative thing. I, bump. I don't know I don't why. I, everyone loves that me. bad. <laughs> everyone <laughs> loves me. I don't get in a lot of arguments with anybody. I mean, people just tend to really think of me as a caring, kind person. So I don't know who would um have beef with me from anything I've said on social media. But anyway, podcast, let's anyway, do it. Yes. Hopefully everyone's Speaking back of, from voting so we can uh, yeah. get going. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed your time on the Twitter <laughs> app, on the bird app. Um, you know, it's funny, you just mentioned the like first few podcasts. We're what we're doing today is we're revisiting episode nine of our podcast, which was 50 episodes ago. Just a little quick math. Good math. Which yep. again, like we were talking about this uh yesterday when we were a couple of days ago when we were planning this. So it was like we've been doing this podcast for that long. Like it's we just have these moments every once in a while. We're like, wow, we're still doing this. Um, but yeah, episode nine, we actually both of us made three predictions each about the next five years of UCF football. And this was like roughly, so it was, in, it was in March. So it was like shortly after Gus Malzahn was hired. Uh, Terry Mahajer, of course, was also hired before Gus Malzahn. So things had just changed a little bit. And we were like, what, what do we see going, going on in the next five years? We both made three predictions. I want to immediately say, because it's going to directly affect one of mine. This was well before there was any expansion type news yes. or any, uh, or even like any, like I'm, not, I'm talking like realignment, playoff expansion. None of that had happened. It was March. It was like, we were yeah. talking about spring ball. It was all like, oh, 
how is Dylan Gabriel going to look in Gus Malzahn's offense? And right. So we're both going to re- we're going to revisit our predictions from that time. We're going to kind of just not even like we're just, we'll talk about them. We'll see which ones have some of them are already like come true. Some of them have already been nullified. And then we're both <laughs> going to make two predictions each for the next four seasons. So we're a season end of those five years. We're going to go for the next four years and see what's going to happen there. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with with mine with my first one, your first one? I don't, want to, one. I don't want to do mine, so we'll start with yours. Let's start with mine. Um, oh, because this is an interesting one. Uh, my first one was that UCF would sign its first ever five star recruit under Gus Malzahn, and I think like we had we we disagreed on this. I listened and back to that podcast, and I like partially made fun of you for that. Like I was like, you are, which to as, be fair, they still do. have not signed a five-star. We're one-fifth of the way through the window here and has not happened. Not that you're predicting it for this year, but it feels a lot more possible than it did when we did this podcast a year ago. I feel like that's fair to say. Well, I still funny, don't necessarily I think, like, think it's going to happen, but. Yeah, I think it, it, I think it is more likely now than it was then, even though I'm the one that said it was going to happen then. Um, but it's just funny because I think, I don't know how, how long after that, but like fairly soon after that, they got started getting like these five-star guys on campus. And just the fact that they were getting them on campus, I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe one of, one of these days. And yeah, again, this was before all the Big 12 stuff. Now they're going to the Big 12, I feel like maybe they, they parlay that into, into a huge signing here. They're getting some, they're getting four stars pretty regularly now, right? I mean, I don't know if regularly is the right uh, word. Regular, I mean, they, they landed two this class, which is, yeah. you know, I mean, they've landed three in the last year, which is definitely a departure and then from. They already know. have one, one committed for 2023. Yeah, their single 2023 commit is a four star who's been working hard to recruit other four stars. So, yeah, I remember after we had that conversation on the podcast, because as is usually the case when I like give a really like, that's a stupid take. What do you mean, Bailey? Like I, I started second guessing it. So at the time I messaged um, Jason Beatty, who was a two, four, seven at the time. Now they're on a Sentinel. Cause you know, he's the recruiting guy knows all that stuff. And I was like, Hey, do you like, just hypothetically, do you think UCF could ever like land a five-star like with, if Malzahn stays his coach and Beatty was like, Oh yeah, no, totally. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> so I don't know. I still, <laughs> at the end of the day, like the thing about them being in the power five is that's the other thing is when we had, we did this, they were not a power team and it's not like it, it we'll get to one of my predictions. There was nothing on the horizon of them ever becoming a power team. So like I, I gave you the stat at the time that in the history of modern recruiting, one five-star has gone to a group of five program. Like ever. it was only, it was only at Oliver, right? At Oliver to Houston. At Houston. But UCF is now like a, a power five team in Orlando should on paper be capable of landing a five-star at some point. I don't think yeah. it will ever, I'm sorry, UCF fans who believe that we are destined to be the next Alabama. I don't think it will ever be a regular thing or like an every class thing, but like I could see getting to a point down the road where like once every like full cycle, like every three to four years, they're landing one. I could absolutely see that. I mean, technically they, depending on what, like how you want to define your prediction, they sort of landed one through the transfer portal. They got Terrence Lewis, who was a top 300 recruit all time. And yeah. according to his Instagram story, does not find Orlando fun. <laughs> um, posted that this week, but other before than that. Thought, do you want to say what you what your uh, idea for today's podcast was going to be before we thought of doing this? I don't remember what it was. So you, you said me. you said after it was after he posted that you're like, let's just discuss things, fun things that Terrence Lewis can do in Orlando. <laughs> um, give him a nice list. Yeah, let's give Terrence Lewis a list of things to do in Orlando. Uh, there, yeah. what, I mean, we can go through the theme parks. Maybe that we we should we should have done that like after the news. Just ten <laughs> things for Terrence Lewis to do in Orlando. But anyway, we still can. I could think of probably some good things like right off the bat. Like it's not that hard to find stuff. There's like, an Olive Garden in ten minutes from campus. Like how could you? Okay. Be I, mean, <laughs> I mean, come on. On your point though about like it becoming a regular thing under um like for them to sign five stars like yeah i think i agree because you look at florida like they don't regularly sign five stars i wouldn't say i've had like my my trainer um i work with a trainer 
at the gym I go to and he's a Florida fan and he was he's just not been happy about like oh, he's like oh we're talking all these like Napier's been talking to all these five stars and they didn't get any like they don't have any in this year's class they had one in last year's class um so it's just like they had one in the year before so it's not like they get like stacks of them every year the thing is there are because you can't get stacks of them there are about every year there are about 35 stars for the whole yeah. country so there's no such thing i mean like out in alabama georgia and AM will take about like half of those themselves right. so it's like i like it so yeah and, and it's interesting because there are schools like which why i think ucf's actually well positioned because there are schools like florida where their fan base is mad when they're atlantic five stars and it's like yeah. you know it's not 2007 it's not 2008 it's not you know it's just a different world oklahoma, now, oklahoma didn't land any five stars this year there's a lot of schools that don't Michigan i mean there's more... got one lsu got one like it's not Think Miami about it this zero. way. There are more schools that will call themselves blue bloods than there are five stars in a given year. Yeah. Uh, and and, uh, and a lot of those five stars, but like how many did Alabama have? I don't know if you have the, I don't know if three. you have the three. Yeah. Like there you think Alabama yeah. is the cream of the crop in recruiting. They win the title almost every year. I know they did this year, the recruiting class crown and they, they get three and that's great. I mean, having three is huge. The thing, and we'll talk about this because I know when we get into the news, I want to go on a little recruiting rant, which I have yeah. a lot of stats for, but you, you know, like it's, so much of like, I mean, like a five-star player, presumably we talk about stars don't matter, blah, 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 or do they, whatever five stars are the one exception to that, especially the highly rated five stars is that that is a guy who is supposed to come in and day one, he is one of your best players and yeah. he is going to have a huge impact on your team. And then he's going to go to the NFL. That's what a five-star is. So even landing one of like UCF landing a five-star is a program altering type thing. I'm not saying Terrence Lewis necessarily. I think he could be, but there's some caveats there with his injuries and everything. But it, so that's mm. why like, I'm hesitant to be like, like that's your prediction. Like it could totally come true. I feel way more like potential for it than I did when we did this a year ago, because like, uh, frankly, like there's a difference between bias and reality. You said that in my head, I'm just kind of like a group of five teams doesn't land five stars. It's just, uh, like, you can talk all the talk. It just doesn't happen. But now that barrier is removed. So I don't know. I don't know what the future holds for UCF. They're 2023 signing days a year away and they already have a four-star committed. So who freaking knows? Yeah. yeah we'll see. I, I feel, I feel good about that one. Do you want to switch over to you want to read out yours or you mean, because I have both of ours. Like I only have mine. So we'll just okay. flip back and forth. Um, yeah. So my first prediction was that UCF five years from now will still be in the American athletic conference. And I'm still holding on to it. You know, who knows? Hey, who knows what big, could happen? They're not the big 12 yet guys. They're still negotiating yeah. that exit fee. Um, yeah. So my reasoning was completely sound at the time and I stand by it. Um, yeah. You know, I just was wrong. So <laughs> I, don't know yeah, I, mean, I remember say. we had those conversations where we were like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's gonna be no realignment anytime soon and then it happened we were like wow we really didn't think there was gonna be any realignment anytime soon and here we are well so it was just a lot of stuff a lot of stuff just randomly happened and it all happened so fast and yeah well the I, reasoning I behind the that time, prediction there was no yeah there was nothing for you to be like oh yeah they're gonna move up no the, re the reasoning behind that prediction was that ucf fans and a lot of group of five fans do this they had this concept that was like promotion and relegation and like european soccer like it was like oh well yeah. like what I, used, I said this on that podcast like when ucf goes to the power five this and when you and i'm not saying that you guys were like proven like you know you guys are probably like ah see we knew it. it's like really ucf just got lucky i mean that's what it came down to you see and it's more than that i mean ucf positioned themselves to be at the top of that list and i said that yeah. on the podcast but like people had this concept of if you just win enough at the group of five level you're the power five modern college football and the modern power conferences before this round of realignment only two teams had ever been called up in TCU and Utah. So it's not like this was something that just happens all the time. And I just didn't see a yeah. window for it happening. I actually I mean, said at the time that I thought if anything was going to happen, it would be contraction. And frankly, some people would probably say that that was proven true because there are some people that don't think the new big 12 counts as a power league, which doesn't really make sense because it's on 
on paper and on the field still better than the Pac-12 or ACC. But you know what I mean? Like, I just, yeah. it's, it, you know, it's, it, who knows well, how things are going to be in a few That's years. the thing is, had Texas and Oklahoma not made this, like, unprecedented move that they're apparently making behind the scenes, uh, like, probably at the time that we were talking about this, had that not happened, yeah, nothing would have changed. No. But that, it just made, yeah. it, it made it a necessity for the Big 12. And, yeah, UCF had positioned itself to be at the top of the list. So, yeah, I mean, there's nothing – it's funny to look back on it now and be like, wow, like that quickly got like quickly got proven wrong. But at the time there was nothing wrong with that prediction. Like you were, it just, it just college football went through this absolutely crazy few months. And here we are, UCF's going to the big 12 pretty soon. UCF isn't going to the power five because of like, because they won the peach bowl or anything. UCF is going to the power five because Texas was bad for a decade. <laughs> I, I mean, that's literally, that's what happened. And then Texas felt like they had to make a move for their program. And that, that opened a door. I mean, it's, it's funny how this stuff works. Like it's like the big 12, no power conference was ever going to ever going to voluntarily add more teams, unless more group of five teams. I mean, unless they lost members and that's what it took. And it took a very tectonic shift and we'll see what the future holds for college football as a whole. I don't think it's healthy for college football that Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC, but Hey, open the door for UCF. We'll take it. What? Texas is going to be even worse. I don't like, I don't understand this move for Texas at all. I talked about this on a past podcast and I still couldn't even podcast. dominate. Like if whatever, Oh, big 12 is not going to be like a power conference. Oh, they couldn't even dominate this conference. They're in now. They're they also, now they already where... recruit at the top. Like your recruiting is not going to get better. And, <laughs> and, and it's like, I, I know I, I the thing I said before money. is like, I don't get like, but why does, why do we care about money? Why, why is that a thing? Like, why have fans been conditioning college football to be like, I am fine with my team being worse because the athletic department has more money. Why? Like, it's the only status? sport in the world where that, who cares? Like, exactly. what, is Texas's status going to be better going seven and five every year in the SEC than it was being like a runner up or third place in the big 12? No, no. And you're just, you're, make any, you're no, richer not. and your fans are less happy. I, I don't get how, and for, and fans are conditioned. Like, look at like, I thought like the, it's not even Texas to me. You look at the SEC and you've got these teams now like South Carolina or Mississippi state or whatever. They're now never going to be better than like six or seven wins. It's not possible. And their fans are thrilled. They're like, we're part of the SEC. We've got so much money. And it's like, why do you care that your AD now has a higher salary? Why is that more important to you than your team winning games? I, I don't understand it. I really don't. It's the most backwards thing, but everyone feels that way. UCF fans feel that we're doing it too. We're going to sacrifice. UCF's not going to be 12 and 0 over a year. And, but they're going to have more money. And we're really excited about that. I, it's, I don't know. It's just, and I'm not saying the big 12 move is a bad thing because the jump from group of five to power five is a way bigger deal as far as status and all that. But like Texas, Texas's reputation is not better now than the SEC. They were already one of the most popular teams in the country, biggest fan bases, national championships and the rear view, all that. I, I don't know. You're just also going to lose more games. Now. So I don't That's, get it. It's but. really strange. It's really strange what people value in, in sports in general, but especially college football. Um, go ahead and move on to my second one from last year. And this one, this one I also feel good about because it came true. And it's that Dylan Gabriel will leave UCF whether in 2021 or 2022 without winning a conference championship. And, here and it we played are. out exactly as we anticipated in March. Of, uh, here we are. Um, yeah, I mean, he looked really good early on last year. And, you know, who knows what would have happened. They finished third without having him play for the, almost the entire season, the entire conference season. Um, so maybe he, maybe he would have won a conference championship and spoiled Cincinnati's dream season, but that's not what happened. And this was prediction sadly came true. Yeah. I don't even think I argued with you on this one when, when he yeah. did it. Like I, we talked about that Dylan Gabriel at the time, that was the big topic of he doesn't perform in big games and he more or less shed that with the Boise state performance. I think that's fair to say, but 
I don't know. I mean, let me just ask you right now, like all other injuries being the same, if Dylan Gabriel never gets hurt, does UCF win the AAC? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. So I think I don't they think... might be in the title game. Well, we saw, I think they'd be in the title game too, but I, you know, mm, I'd have to go look and see how that shakes out. Cause like they didn't play Houston and Houston went undefeated in conference. So I don't know how, Oh, like, I don't know well, what the tiebreaker no, would have been. They wouldn't have because UCF would have gone to it. But the thing is, like, we saw the gap with all the injuries, which is understandable because of all the injuries between UCF and Cincinnati was what 35 points. I don't think Dylan Gabriel's worth 35 points. No. So I just don't, you know, I don't think I, so. I, I think your prediction was right, regardless of the injury stuff. Like, you know, and also Dylan Gabriel didn't have to leave, could have come back next year and tried to we, win one. But we talked, out, so. we talked about it too, I think at the time about like where he was kind of lining up in the, in the top echelon of, UCF quarterbacks all time and it was just that like he numbers wise was up there and we talked about this when he left too I think about his legacy his number numbers were up there but he never had the heights of a Bortles or a Culpepper or um, a McKenzie Milton so yeah it's just interesting that how quickly like he was like okay yeah I'll, I'll even in 2021 before the calendar year is even up he was gone he's it's and, so interesting because he is like his UCF legacy is gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how it goes over time because he is I think no matter how you look at it, the fourth, mo- by at, at worst, the fourth most talented quarterback to ever play at UCF. I don't think there's much debate on that. Yeah. And at the same time, the his greatest accomplishment here was beating Marshall in a bowl game. That's the interesting and, part because he's you know, the fourth, the fourth most talented, but would, he's definitely not the fourth most accomplished. Oh no, no, absolutely not. You can put a I mean, lot Dar- of Daryl Mack. Daryl Mack won a conference championship. Justin Holman won a conference. Justin Holman, yeah. So I don't know. I, Ryan Schneider, I mean, you can go back a long way and find guys yeah. who you can put it. I, I, so I, it's, I feel like that's going to be his legacy is just always, which we, I guess we kind of predicted a year ago where you did is kind of just like the, what could have been like the potential that was never like after his freshman year, it was like, how does UCF keep doing this? How do they always have these amazing quarterbacks? And for things to end the way they did, it, it's just kind of like, wow. And I'm not, you know, like he's probably like, I, I know some UCF fans are rooting for him to fail at Oklahoma, which I think is a little sure. immature. Um, I just um, don't care. I just don't care. Like, that's the thing. Like, yeah. it's not even like, I'm like, oh, I really hope he does well. Or, oh, I really hope he doesn't. I'm just more or less indifferent. He's not at UCF anymore. You, you know, it's, it's not like a, I, I don't, it, even though he's a really good quarterback, I don't feel like UCF lost something that they couldn't replace or that would knock them back. Like, I don't feel like UCF has been knocked back years by losing Dylan. Yeah. And he's probably gonna be really good at Oklahoma. He's a really good quarterback. The question will be how he is in those big games. Cause I still think that's a question mark, but yeah, you know, it's Malzahn now has three really enticing options at quarterback, all of which for different reasons. So, all of for which are future, probably too, like a better not just fit this year. Yeah, all of which are probably better fit for what he wants to do than Gabriel ever was, and yeah. uh, frankly, is probably a much better locker room presence than Gabriel ever was. So, you know, is what it is. So yeah. that prediction came true, but it's not necessarily yeah. a bad thing. No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, Let's go. What would be a bad thing is if this next uh, prediction comes true of yours. So let's go to. I don't like that you next. have my list and I don't have yours. Why? I feel like I'm at a disadvantage. I sent you mine yesterday. That's your fault. I know I went you back and screenshotted it. yours today. <laughs> but mine are the important ones. Anyway, uh, my second prediction was that five years from now, four years now from where we're at, Gus Malzahn will not be the head coach at UCF. And you're not going to like this. Nothing from the last year has like led me to change that. You know, like I still think I, I like. I, I'm going to say what I said a year ago because I still think it's 100% true. I, when Gus Malzahn says, I want to stay here and I want to build this, I want to be here until I retire, I'm going to be here for eight to 10 years, stuff that Hypo and Frost would never say, I believe him. I absolutely think he is telling the truth. I don't think he's saying it for recruiting. I don't think he's saying it to pump up the fans because we've seen what 
guys do when they don't really that's kind of like the, oh you know my family loves it here uh the you know, if this place yeah, was 100 years older and had brick nice. buildings, what was Frost's whole thing? He'd always special he'd, nice place. He asked Frost if he was going to stay, and he'd start talking about brick buildings. Like that happened like on three <laughs> different occasions. I'm not even joking. He'd be like, you know, if this campus had some more brick buildings and it was 100 years older, it'd be really good. And it's like, okay, but are you taking the Nebraska job? Like that, and no answers the question. But anyway, that's all aside to say, I believe Malzahn, but it is very easy to feel that way when you do not have other offers. And Malzahn is still a very highly respected coach. And I don't know, we expect UCF to be good this year. UCF goes like 12 and two or something, or goes to the near six. Someone's going to offer him and, and then we'll know that. I mean, it's going to like, we didn't learn from this year because there were not offers. We'll learn next year. If UCF's good. I mean, I don't know. I would think that he wouldn't leave. I mean, UCF's about to be a power five job. I don't think he'd leave for another mid-level power five job, but like, you don't know what he gets offered. So I don't know. I'm still leaning towards he might leave. So that's where I feel. I hope I'm wrong. That's where I feel like things have changed a little bit. Is that like, yeah, I mean, obviously not knowing him personally, not knowing what he wants for for his future, but like at this point, if you're gonna if you're having success at UCF, you're going to the Power Five. Like, what more do you want? Like, where do you want? Where else would you want to go? Would you want to go back to the SEC, where you know you look at you look at your old job, look what's happening there one year after they let you go, and and everything just, we've heard is that Gus was not happy in the SEC, especially yeah. at Auburn, and that part of the appeal for UCF, which he's talked about, you know, both behind the scenes and to media is that you know everything is it's you know everything is aligned here you've got the president you've got the AD, and you've got Gus. they're all on the same page it's collaborative there aren't boosters coming in and doing this this and that so like you, you know we are biased because you know we are ucf grads i grew up watching ucf so it is easy to be like what more do you want but i like i honestly yeah i i think that he can't like whatever he wants to accomplish is attainable here especially once they're in the big 12 especially once the playoff expands so like I don't know if I had to like guess right now, if he retires as the head coach here, I would, I would probably, I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to put it a coin flip. Cause I don't know. I, I just, it's easy. Yeah. You're right. Like I'm trying to think in my head, like what other offers would it be that he would leave for? And I don't know if there are any, he could get next year that would be like that, but I don't know. Like, all right, let me give you like a hypothetical, like say that UCF goes like 12, 12 and one next year, or 13 and one, they're really good season. Go to the New Year's six and FSU's bad again. And Norvell gets fired. It, it, I mean, for, in Florida State offers, do, do you leave for that? It's all the advantages you have at UCF and then some. And probably, I mean, there's Clemson, but probably maybe an easier conference to win. Yeah, I maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. I just like. I, I still don't know, but just I. I mean, I don't know. I because I think he's pouring so much in right now, and he's like, I think he's going to want to see this transition through. Yeah, but UCF Florida State is everything that UCF can be, except with more money and more history and more resources you know and and a bigger stadium yeah. and so i don't know i don't you know that's the, that's the type of like all it takes I think it's, is one it's also like a more that. toxic environment i think and i don't know he's going to want to jump right back it's in. true like fsu every, has the same issues as auburn where boosters are kind of running the show a little bit because i mean look at the end of jimbo fisher's tenure look at the whole willie taggart tenure and then look norvell is what a couple of years in trying to build it back up and a lot of everybody wants him gone because they lost the recruit to to um jackson state the other thing that UCF has going after for they, is, they pulled in a really good recruiting class, but he lost one recruit. He lost a top rated recruit. And so he would uh, fire him. I'm going to be honest. I don't like, I, I don't think Gus is going to be like, Oh, I don't know. Jackson state stole a crew. Probably aren't going to knock like, no, I don't think that no, matters. No, I'm just saying the I'm talking about the Florida state, the Florida state fans are that toxic where like they had a really good recruiting class and they lose one recruit and they want the coach gone. Like, I, okay. That's, but that's UCF the, half the roster got injured. And as late as like the final game of the season, fans want, we're like, Gus isn't the guy. 
I, I like you know. I, it's not like yeah. it's not like I think it's. I just think it's it's like UCF fans are like all behind him. They're just as stupid as everyone else. I mean, it's. I don't think that's like a. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just I don't. I don't. You should stay off Twitter, I guess, if you're a head coach. Which I don't think Gus. I, I don't think Gus was like, oh wow, look these like like. I'm sorry, I'm not going to get in this again. I yelled at you guys enough during the season, but some of the stuff fans tweeted during the season was just so stupid. Yeah. It's like freaking half the roster's injured. They're missing their star. Their their starting quarterback. They're starting top two running backs their top receiver, <laughs> multiple defensive starters. And it's like, why did we only win by four? It's like, you know what? Shut up. Just shut up. Like, I just got, I, man, this fan base. I'm not going to rant. I'm not going to rant at you again because I ran at you enough, but shut up. Well, I just, I'm you still just not say. over that. It was really the one that got me was the US, like USF. Like they just, there that team had no business being eight and four. And fans were upset that they didn't win by enough. And it's just like, at yeah. some point you have to have some sense, like some connection to reality. I don't know. That was really annoying. But anyway. Context matters, but yeah. Anyways. So yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, yeah, but I'm, that, I, that was all to say, like, I feel like we're painting a picture because this happens every time a bull happens. Like now that UCF has beaten Florida, it's all like, oh, everyone loves Gus and he's the future. It's like, as most of this season, like a good chunk of the fan base was angry at Gus. So, yeah. and why is the offense bad? It's like, well, cause you know, all the guys are freshmen. So shut up again. But, you know, it's just so I so I don't buy that as like, oh, well, why would like, oh, FSU, the fan base, look how they treated Norvell. It's like, I think that's just every fan base. When things are good, you love your coach. When things aren't good, it's the coach's fault. I mean, that's 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 not unique to UCF or FSU. That's everyone. So, that's you know, I uh, but yeah, so I don't know if I, like I said, I said on the podcast a year ago and I stand by it. If he gets three years, if he gets three full seasons in, then I think they have him until he retires. But so we're still in that like danger zone to me. But mm. if they get three years in, I don't see him leaving. So, yeah, I think like I'm mostly aligned on everything you're saying. I just I think I feel a little bit better about him being here for the long haul than you do. Not that you don't feel good about it, but I'm just saying I think yeah, I, I'm not, I, bet I don't more. expect him to leave. But right. I don't like I'm not com- confident and he will be here forever. Like, who knows? You know? Yeah. Stuff happens. That's fair. That's fair. And we've actually so far have like had a pretty decent record of uh, other than I guess the the conference stuff but even that one wasn't really a bad a bad pick um my first two like the five-star one I feel pretty decent about still pretty good about and then the Dylan Graber one came true my last one I don't think I feel good about anymore um and it's that I said UCF will earn back-to-back New Year's six bids at some point in the next five seasons pretty lofty Lofty prediction, lofty goal there. So they got to go two and two now, basically, because they got four years left. So they got to make a new yeah. six and two of them. Yeah. Um, that just got a lot easier because now you can go like 10 and two and do it versus having yeah. to like win your conference and be undefeated. So that is true. I, I don't know. I still don't. You should feel better about that know. than you did a year ago. You, not, honestly. Yeah, I guess you're right. That is true. I didn't, I didn't think about that element of it, but it's still going to be difficult. <laughs> like, you're making well, that transition difficult. to Big 12. Like, yeah, yeah but I'm just saying I mean, you're making that transition and like, yeah, you can you can win 10 games and make make it, but are they going to win 10 games like in the, in the early part of – Yes, they have Bailey. To, like, of they course have to they transition. Are. They have to transition and then, you know, hit the ground running right away. They yeah, didn't you see my Twitter like, poll? The worst they're going to be is like 9-3 and three in their first year in the Big 12. <laughs> we so. predicted that too. Yeah. We, we oh, yeah, that. we nailed that. <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. It's just if, if they don't do it this year – then they have to win it. I don't know. If they don't do it this year, they don't do it in their first year in the Big 12, then they're going to have to do it in the next two years, two year two and year three in the Big 12. And I don't know. It's just it's a tight window. I'm not saying wonder, it's, you know. I guess I was just really high on 
what Gus Malzahn could do to the group of five at UCF, like what he could do. Like he was just going to. No, you were high on the 2021 season. We spent the whole first half of this podcast history, me being like, I think they're going to be nine and three and you being like, oh, I think they're going to win the league. And (laughs) well, look at that. 80 injuries later, I was right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't, like I said, I'm not going to say it like uh, that would be so obnoxious to be like, yeah, no, I totally think they're going to, you know, be a near six bowl in half of the next four seasons. I straight up just don't anymore. (laughs) Well, I, but I think, but that's what I'm interested. It's more likely now than when you predicted it a year ago because the ceiling to get there is lower. Yeah. It's just, I don't know if I would go, where to go back in time. I want to know like why I was so like bullish on that. Like, that just no one does that like not that many teams do that so <laughs> i just now like i'm I feel like i'm a year in i'm like a little more realistic i'm like hey well yeah it's kind of difficult <laughs> I don't a little think bit can just a little do tiny that. bit yeah can't just can't just do that but yeah we'll see we'll see let's go to your your last one because your last one is like of a similar like it's similar in terms of loftiness but i think a lot more realistic yeah i don't know what the hell i was doing a year ago i think i just ran out of predictions because this is just like i'm just listing this is so specific i know i just i think i just got (laughs) bored so my final prediction is that the next five years ucf will have at least three ranked seasons two conference titles and one year six appearance they accomplished none of those this season so the window is tighter um no that's not gonna happen there's no way i'm calling it now they're not then it's not even the near six things or the conference titles thing to me it's the ranked seasons. Like, I just don't, I don't see them being a top 25 team the first year in the big 12. I think it's going to be a year of yeah. transition. So I think it's out right there. Also two conference titles. So they would have to. No, it's not out right there though. Cause it could be, it could be this season coming up. Oh, they have four years. Then, you're right. You're yeah, right. Yeah. They have four years. So. Okay. Well then here's how I'll kill it is <laughs> the two conference titles. So I think you have to win the AAC this year to right. make that. And then you need to have won the big 12 in your first three years, which is a, which is what TCU did, but that's still, a, that's, tall ceiling that's what i'm saying it's like it's more realistic i think than the back-to-back new year six but i'm not saying it's like it's going to happen i just think it's more realistic it's still lofty but more more likely to happen than if i if i cut the conference titles part i would predict that oh yeah like i i would say like like i'll I'll say like three rank seasons and a new year six parents they could do that next four years it's lofty but i think they could i've said before i think ucf like now should be at the point which we'll see in the big 12 but like they should be a top 25 team most of the time like they should yeah. be. The, the, especially since in the Big 12, depending on who you beat, you can get there with like a nine and four record. I like, I think they should be doing that most years. So I'll, I'll you know, I'll stick with that line as the conference titles. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, now we're going to go. Some of these age horribly. Some of these will probably age horribly after another year. Um, so let's make two more predictions that will probably age pretty poorly. Um, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I just gave one so you can go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, my first one, my first one, and I don't think this is like, this isn't like out there, or like this isn't a bold prediction or anything, but I don't think Travis Williams will, or Travis Williams will leave UCF at some point in the next four years. You don't think he will uh, leave UCF? I, no, I do. I do. Oh, okay. I, I messed that up the way I said it. I was going to say, I don't think he'll be here, but my prediction itself says Travis Williams will leave UCF. So he will leave UCF at some point in the next four seasons. I just um, think he's a a really good coach and you saw what he did with the defense from the beginning of last year toward the end of it even with all the injuries and just good young coach rising really good recruiter really connects with players really personable really charismatic i think he's he's on he's going to be i don't think he's gonna even gonna last i won't give i won't put a year on it but i don't think he'll be here for four more years yeah i would be floored if he was I would totally. I would, I would love it if he if he was, but I mean, we're one year into the balls on era, and they've already lost a coordinator to a head coaching job. Like, right? That's know? what I'm. I'm honestly worried that it's going to be like after this coming season. It, I'm. Gonna I'm going to call it. Yeah, I'm going to say Tewell has one more year. 
as you defensive have to go to the coordinator. Big 12 with a new defensive coordinator. Because you see, I mean, supposed- I trust I trust Gus to make a good hire and everything, but like, just I don't know, Travis Williams. Since this staff has gotten here, he's been that guy that's just been like all energy, just that young presence that's been like easy to connect with. I mean, UCF's defense is supposed to be really good this year. So yeah. I think at that point, I don't think it'll be like high level, but like I could see a group of five team being like, wow, this. And, and honestly, you look at, like you said, I think it'll be fine. I'm not, it's not like they need to keep T. Will, but he is a really impressive recruiter. And I think you're going to yeah. you look at some of the, I mean, most of the top guys they've landed so far have been defensive guys. And some team's going to see that and be like, this, you know, this is something we got to jump on. So what I'm my ideal about- world, oh, go ahead. My ideal world is um, just, you know, we just convince Travis Williams to be a coordinator for like eight or nine years. And then he just takes over when Malzahn retires. That will never, yeah. ever happen. That's not a prediction. That's just my like fantasy, but that, that's what I would love. If only. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I wonder like, do you think he would only leave for a head coaching job or do you think there is a defensive coordinator job out there, which I mean, at position wise, it's a lateral move. Do you think he would take a defensive coordinator job somewhere else? Yeah, if it was like Ohio State or something. Yeah, like a big... I don't think he's leaving for like Purdue or like a right. mid-tier P5. But yeah, if it was right. like one of the big ones. But I'd also like, I don't know. I I, I just, I, I have less, I feel like it's just more likely he ends up taking a head coaching job because I feel like yeah. he's at the point in his career where that's going to be on the table. And I think if you're like, I don't know, I guess it depends on the person, but if you're like, it, it, I don't know if like FIU, I know they just hired head coach. But I'm just using an example, like a school of that stature. FIU is like, we want you to be the head coach. And then like, I don't know like like michigan's like come be our dc i think you probably just take the take the head coaching job right i guess it depends on the person i don't yeah it just this does depend on the person because who was it It was will venables the clemson defensive coordinator for the brent, longest time brent which venables. is brent venables what did i say brett you said will will oh weird <laughs> um brent venables was just for the longest time just waiting for the right head coaching job and now he's at oklahoma correct turned down albert a year ago yeah, so like he, yeah. he's just been waiting. He was like, I'll stick with being a defensive coordinator at this high-level team. And it just depends. If, if, if T. Will is the kind of guy that's like, I can go, I'm going to jump at, uh, not any, but jump at this low, lower-level job and turn this program around or build this program up. It just depends on what he wants to do, which I could kind of see him doing that personality-wise. Like, I think he could go into a group of five school and or any really any school and like kind of revitalize things. And The other thing really is his entire – professional career as a coach he's been with Malzahn yeah so that's, that's the thing I do I wonder like... uh, so I, I don't know I just don't see him ditching Malzahn for another coordinator job I could be totally misreading it I you know I mean who yeah. knows but that, there does I mean literally he and I know it's a different it was to be a coordinator but I mean he got hired by Miami remember immediately after yeah. the Auburn stuff as a linebackers coach I believe and Gus was like come be the DC and, I, and you know there are some coaches where it might be like I'd rather be a positions coach at the U than a group of five DC and he was like I'm going back to Gus so again like yeah. I said it's the better job but maybe with less exposure. So I don't know. I, I, I feel like if they lose them, we to do a coaching job. I do think that could totally happen after this season. The defense yeah. is probably going to be really good. And honestly, we don't talk enough about how much better the defense got this year. It was a train wreck in 2020. And it was like the same players I mean, minus a few that actually got hurt. So like, it was really not the same players, but like, I mean, there were like, a couple like Ricky Barber and big cat made a big difference, but and so oh, no, Bryce, sorry, I, mean, I miss, I misheard what you said. I meant like from the beginning of last year, Oh, okay. From the beginning okay. of 2021 season to the end of the 2021 season, that group got so much better. That's the, and but, that's what you want to see. Like that yeah. is the mark of good coaching is young players getting better. That's rare to see in college football. I mean, young players typically get worse because they get worn out as the season goes along and the defense just got better and better. And frankly, part of that is the transfers being able to bring in high level guys was a big deal. Yeah. I mean, so, and I mean, defensively they landed, I almost, you know, this era of the transfer pool, because now I'm scared. I'm like, when T will leaves, is he going to be taking some of these guys with him? I mean, who knows? Yeah. It's a whole It'll new world. 
that's the other thing is like coaching changes. That's why I hope Gus stays is like the era of like UCF wanting to hire Scott Frost's and Josh Heupel's kind of has to be over because we've seen what happens now when a head coach leaves rosters dismantle themselves. So like the, yeah. the old group of five strategy of let's just get an up and coming guy who will be here for two years. We'll have a really good that two years. No one really knows. <laughs> yeah. Does not work anymore because when he inevitably takes the job to go be like, I don't know, like Iowa's head coach or something, he's going to take like half your starters with him. I mean, we, we saw yeah. that a lot this off season, a lot of group of, I look at Billy Napier, Billy Napier went to Florida and was like, hello, Louisiana starters. Would you like to play in the SEC? So I, I so that's right. So well, I hope Gus Lincoln stays, Riley. Cause... I mean, it finally came came to fruition. But Lincoln Riley goes to USC and then takes the starting his starting quarterback at Oklahoma and says, he, "Hey, come out with me." He took the and starting quarterback. To he took the entire coaching staff. He took several other current players. He took the entire recruiting class, like the entire 2023 class, flipped from Oklahoma to USC, like in a four in like a four day span. So, and you know, you, it's like. People who are mad about that, I know Oklahoma fans, like they want Lincoln Riley to go to prison over that. Like there were Oklahoma fans who were like questioning the legality of it. And I'm like, yeah. I know that you guys don't have coaching changes a lot, but wow, like, wow, that you're, I mean, you, it, at the end of the day, it's what the player wants to do. All We talked about this transfer portal, 99, like 99% of a player's decision is coach relationship. I know we want to like pump up schools and all that. It is coach relationship. We've seen that in the portal. Like it's almost yeah. entirely driven by coach. So like if a player trusts a coach and the coach changes schools, I don't understand why the school's mad then that the players like, well, aren't you showing loyalty? We don't even know who our coach is going to be. Well, who was it? It was, was it, it was Kobe Hudson, right? Who was like, Oh, I didn't know anything about UCF before I got here. I just came for, I came for Gus Malzahn. I know. I was laughing like, at that. There were a couple yeah, of that. I that's think just the way it I, goes. Yeah. And that's all about fine. The relationships. That's fine. I mean, like I said, I've been fascinated because we talked about so much how UCFO, the portal, they have a lot of advantages so far. The majority of portal moves have literally just been, I know that coach. And I like him. And it's the same thing in your, it's the same thing in like, I was about to say real life. This is real life. It's the same thing in like non-sports jobs. Like, like knowing, like if you have an option of two jobs that are like kind of the same and one job is an unknown and one job is a like a boss you've worked for before and like, what are you going to do? You're going to go to the place, you know, I, I mean, so that's, you know, that's a big difference. Yeah. All right. So let me, let me get your first prediction for the next four years of UCF football. Um, my my next one or my first one excuse me is that and i am just like fully going like bandwagon ucf here but i actually think i can back it up is that ucf four years from now will be the most successful of the four expansion teams of the big 12 why are you like can i give you my second one just because okay go for it um i said over from so from the next four seasons from 2022 to 2025 i said that ucf will have a better record than cincinnati between those seasons so i'm with you Kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, my the my main takeaway is listen, because the whole because obviously the obvious answer right now is Cincinnati. I feel like if you asked a bunch of average college football fans, which of those four is gonna be this? Oh, Cincinnati. But that's if you asked them two years ago, it would have been UCF. Exactly. If you asked them two years before that, it would have been Houston. I, it's like this stuff is cyclical. And when you look at the long-term advantages, UCF has the best recruiting advantages of those four teams. Houston is in a better recruiting area. Like the city of Houston is insane for talent, but there's also way more competition. Like everybody dips into Houston and I know everyone dips into Florida too, but still UCF's got a whole state to canvas. Like Houston is going to be one of, they're going to enter that conference and it's a big deal for them to get that statuized, but them and TCU and Baylor and Texas tech, they're all competing for that same pool of guys. Who's like below the Texas, Texas A&M threshold. Yeah. So it's mitigated in a way it's not before you even add in because LSU likes to recruit Houston. LSU like, loves Houston. LSU is probably the primary recruiter of Houston. And <laughs> you know, you look, and so just going down the list, BYU doesn't have recruiting advantage. Recruiting is really tough for them. BYU has historically been the worst of those four programs. I don't expect that to change. 
And Cincinnati, I just don't buy that Fickle's going to be there in four years. I just yeah. it, 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 they got lucky to keep him this year. I think if Notre Dame offers him, he goes to Notre Dame. I so, think if we were talking about this the other day, if if Jim Harbaugh leads for the NFL, he's a big candidate for Michigan. Yeah, and and, and some Cincinnati fans were like. I feel like a little stubbornly being like, well, he's an Ohio state guy through and through. Like he wouldn't take that job. It's like, you'd be shocked how little that matters when these coaches are taking <laughs> jobs. Like that's to fans. Yeah. You know, I, I, he's a big Ohio state guy, but Michigan is Michigan. And yeah. so I don't, I, I'm not convinced they hold on to him, which that's a testament to what he's done there. But you know, every coaching there is a risk. I still think since he's going to be really good, I just don't like, I don't know. We'll see what they are next year. I, I feel like everyone's just kind of in this tunnel vision of, well, they're 13 and oh, or, every year or something right now because they've done it for two years so they're just going to be really good i don't think it's well that you simple. sent me you sent me the thing earlier about like espn uh on espn plus like they came back with the or the returning production thing which you said like it's it's take it with a grain of salt because the transfer portal and all that but cincinnati's like 92nd or something like that on that yeah they're 90 returning production ucf's 18th so i think like yeah i mean we'll see we'll see what the, the transfers do on, on both fronts I mean, it's not like the end well, all be all you anything, said but what also, the transfers will do what's interesting is cincinnati hasn't really done much in the portal and that's, that's another thing for ucf is UCF, i couldn't say that because i wasn't sure but i hadn't heard anything much about like their transfer portal success because there hasn't been much of anything and that's fine but that's weird. part of why i mean ucf that's part of why i also have them as the best of those four is that more than any except houston and again houston has more competition they're best situated for the portal because you have all these guys who are from central Florida, who are going somewhere else. And a year from now, two years from now, they might be like, I want to transfer home. We've already seen that. We've seen Malzahn staff building relationships with even guys who they know aren't committing here on the chance of that happening. Cincinnati, there's not like, Ohio's not a bad state for recruiting, but like, it's not like there's this giant pool of talent dispersing across the country. Because truthfully, if you're really talented and you're from Ohio and you're like, I want to transfer home, you're not going to transfer. You're going to Ohio State. So it, yeah. it's totally different. UCF the, just has a lot more thing- advantages. The other thing that went into mind, and I don't know if it influenced yours at all, but the like proposed or rumored divisions that are going to come into play when they go to the Big 12, since the UCF has the, the easier division yeah. as of right now. I mean, it's, it's hard to always. The, yeah, this stuff whatever, changes but. year to year, but Cincinnati, I mean, like, I don't want to, like, they have to, they just have to be, first off, they're going to have to deal with Oklahoma while they're there. Even when Oklahoma leaves, they're going to have to deal with Oklahoma State, who's really good. I, it's Iowa State is in their division, I think. I think so. Yeah, I have to look it up again. But I, on, I, I haven't gotten to memory yet. But it was I just the know tougher, is more difficult. UCF's yeah. is UCF, the Texas teams in West Virginia, which is a lot more manageable and a lot less cold. So I know it's yeah. not like I know it's cold for Cincinnati anyway, but you know they yeah. got the short end of the stick on that one. Yeah. All right. Well, I've given my both of mine now since mine kind of kind of tied <laughs> All right. yours. So right. let's go. Let's get your second one then. I had to go negative for my last one. You know, oh, of just, course uh, you just did. Uh, four years from now, UCF will not have made a college football playoff. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I I feel like fans are kind of, and, and Melzahn's kind of pitched on that. It's like path to a national championship. Recruits have said in interviews, he's told them about a four-year plan to win a national title. I've seen that a few different times now. I would love to see the plan because uh, yeah. I don't I don't buy it. But uh, listen, if the playoff was expanding, I'd have a different answer. But it's looking like the earliest it's going to be 12 teams is 2026 now. And that's yeah. the last year of our window. So if, you know, or the or the out of the window. I for twenty one to ah whatever it doesn't matter. Point is, there's <laughs> just not yeah. Like, it's out of the window. Twenty twenty five is the last season. Well, there you go. I just don't see UCF because the only way they're going to do that is by winning the Big Twelve. And I'm not saying like I think they are going to win the Big Twelve eventually, but asking for them to do it and also do it with an undefeated or one loss record and also have at least one of their Power Five champ ranks below them in the first three years of being in that league, that's a very high bar. <laughs> like that's that's a yeah. very high bar. So, no offense to Gus Malzahn's four year plan, but I I don't. <laughs> and listen, who knows? I mean. 
I don't know if his four-year plan, like, I, I like to think that like a year ago, he was like, and at the end of year one, when we've beaten Florida and taken the state, we'll then go into All detailed. I'm like, he just knows it's going to happen. <laughs> so who knows? After but Dylan I, Gabriel leaves. <laughs> after, after we get Dylan out of here. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't, I wish I'm, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Yeah. So. I don't think you will be either, but yeah, I, I hope you do, but yeah, don't, don't think so. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's, that was fun. I enjoyed that. that. Yeah. I enjoyed, I can't wait to look back another year from now and be like, Oh gosh. Yeah. For episode like 100, whatever we're going to book down and be like, right. So remember how we said that when Gus has left for a different job and <laughs> like Cincinnati has like an 11 win oh. season UCF wins like seven games. I'm like, well, they already have a four game lead. There's only three, <laughs> three seasons left. So here's the thing. I, I, I feel better about Gus leaving. Well, no, I don't. It would be bad, but like, <laughs> okay. well, cause like, don't oh, you think you could he, just promote, promote T will. T will. And I feel like you could keep the roster intact. If you did that. So. I'd yeah. be less worried about that as long move. as T-Will's here. Yeah. If T-Will yeah. leaves, then I'll be scared. But, but yeah, if T-Will left after the 2022 season and then Gus left after 2023, then you're like, ooh. Chip Lindsay gets the second shot after the Troy debacle. That'll um, Yeah, that one doesn't have as much, uh, not as confident. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Now. Yeah, all right. <laughs> let's jump into the football news. I know you said you have a lot to run through with uh, what we're leading off with here, which is UCF's recruiting class being finalized um, as, they, as they branded it the best in school history and of course the numbers back that up um they this is from jason Beatty of the orlando sentinel their average rating per high school recruit is 0.8671 which is the school's highest ever and, if you don't follow recruiting um, that's a really good rating yeah. for overall player that's the best thing and then seen. their their high school class is number 52 per 247 but the overall class recruits plus transfers is number 38 which is the highest ever and i don't this is probably the first time they've really done recruits plus transfers rankings right this is the first year. Yep. Yeah, the first year. So, I mean, it's going to be their highest ever, but 38, I mean, that's that's good. Um, but yeah, but I know you said, I didn't really see that much of this, but I don't know. I don't follow the same people you do. You're saying some people were a little underwhelmed by them finishing number 52. Yeah, and I get rating. that because we've been talking about the high school rating. It had been hovering in like the high 30s, low 40s all year. And then by signing day, it dropped because part of that was the late Nelson decommit was finally public, even though I feel like we'd known that for like two months. But, um, you know. Now he's at Vanderbilt, right? Vanderbilt big upgrade there and um you know <laughs> so but anyway so I, i'm not gonna like insult anyone because i get it it's like you know you see 52 and you're like well how is that different you know like i said there were a lot of fans both in the dungeon on twitter who were like what do you mean best class 52 is no different most years this is like far and away the best ucf class ever as far and we'll see how it pans out you never know but as far as like raw talent acquisition and part of that is what we just talked about is the average player rating is what you got to look at that. And I'll ask you my hypothetical. I asked you in text over today. Cause I think it's interesting. I think that bringing in an average higher caliber of player matters more than how many you bring in UCF's class fell to 52nd because UCF only brought in 15 high school guys. There are other schools yeah. that brought in 25. I mean, they're behind Houston and Cincinnati in the AAC and overall and recruiting rankings because those teams both brought in more. If you look at the average player, UCF's way ahead. So it's a little misleading there. So I looked it up. If you rate, if you rank it by player rating instead of, so you're not talking about size of class, just rating of the players brought in UCF's 40th in the nation and they would have been fifth in the big 12. So it's a really, really solid class. And I want, so before I'm going to say one more thing, I want to give you the hypothetical that we talked about, because this is kind of a good example of that. Which I still don't have a good answer to. So these two classes, I'm not going to say what the schools are. They're ranked next to each other in the 247 recruiting rankings. Um, one class brought in eight commits, just eight. And that included a five-star and four top 100 players. The other class brought in more is twice as many. They brought in 19 commits, but all of them are three stars and none of them are uh, top 100 players. So which of those classes would you rather have? See, when you first asked me this, I said the, the bigger class because I feel like you have more of a chance of 
you said 19, 19 three stars. Yeah. I feel like you have a, a solid chance of a good number of those three stars panning out and playing above their rating. Um, and I was trying to stick to my like stars don't matter thing, but it's the top 100 player thing that kind of throws me off. Cause I feel like those top 100 players are usually like, not gonna say they're spot on, but they're usually like pretty well ranked. Yeah. Getting um, the top 100 players is a big deal. And I think getting a five star yeah. is a huge deal. But what's interesting is yeah. you look at those two classes, the bigger classes ranked higher in 247's ratings. Those classes are the 19 three stars is Washington State and the five star and four top 100 players is USC for a reference. So I didn't want to give the teams because I feel like everyone would obviously be like, well, I'd rather have USC's class. But I do think just, so the other thing I wanted to look at is the other thing you want to look at for how good this class was, which like I said, you look at any ratings and it's the best class ever, but this is what's awesome to me. And I'm so excited about it is you look at the top 100 players in the state of Florida and where they went. So first off the top 100 players, take a guess, Bailey, at how many schools, how many schools total landed a top 100 player from the state of Florida? Six. 42. Whoa. 42 schools landed a top one. Like Florida is so heavily recruited. 42 yeah, different sure. schools <laughs> landed a top 100 player. Do you know guess. how many of those 42 schools signed more than UCF? Two. Two of them. Georgia, oh. Georgia and Florida State. And I UCF, think you're usually pretty okay with those two being like ahead of you. I think you're okay. You're ahead of Florida and you're tied with Miami. I think that's a pretty yeah. good spot to be in. So yeah, UCF yeah. landed six top 100 players. They never get more than like one a year. They got two a couple of years back. I mean, that that to me is all the difference is that Gus Balzan said, we're going to keep guys home and he did. That is huge. I mean, the fact that 42 schools dipped into Florida and only two of them, two Blue Bloods landed more of those guys than UCF did. That's awesome. And this was year one. Like yeah. imagine once UCF starts winning and once you've got the 2023 guys and 2024 guys who this staff has been having a relationship with for two years and then just show up on. That's like Scott, that's what's so exciting. Like, I'm just really excited about how recruiting is going. I could, what, so I get how the 52nd is like misleading, but damn, recruiting was crazy this year. So good. What I do want to point to, too, before we move on, I don't know if you have any more stats, but what I think is, is interesting to look at, and you can't do this for every school because you have to know like what they need and all that stuff. But if you look at UCF's class and the state of the roster right now, you look at so many of these guys that I think can be impact players right away. Maybe not the highest impact, but they'll at least play right away and contribute. And I feel like you look at some of these guys and you're like, oh, yeah, I think he's going to play. I think he's going to play. Like, it just feels like these guys are going to step in and be be a big part of UCF's team, which, I mean, yeah, I don't think you – I don't know if you always it – just, it's, it depends. The context does matter because you don't always want, like, your freshman, true freshman to step in right away and be your top guys. But I think that these guys can fill roles. They don't have to be the stars. I think they'll eventually be stars. But some of these guys, I think, will fill roles as freshmen and do really well and go on to have great careers. There are guys so think, on both sides of the ball that I think we're going to see a lot of next year, and I think they're going to start in some cases. And it's not like UCF. I mean, UCF is returning most of their talent, and they right. were not bad last year. And to do that and then bring in recruits that are so at such a high level that they can step in right away, that's how you build a really solid program. I have to say one more thing on that topic. You reminded me. Because I'm crazy, I spent two hours of my Saturday watching an entire Ta- Thomas Castellanos game from high school. <laughs> Jesus that guy is so good. <laughs> like yeah. we knew he was good, but like, you can only tell so much from highlights and I didn't really like dug into it. He, he, like he is insane. You can't freaking sack him. I mean, he's just, I mean, I sent you that one play where it was like pocket collapses. He dodges like three tackles and then off balance chucks the ball. I think it was like 30 or 40 yards through the air. Yeah. To make the throw that he made off balance after escaping pressure just was insane. It was a catch, by the way, to a receiver. I, I, yeah. I mean, it was, and then I texted you and then I, I, so, cause I seen that clip you talked about and then I, um, 
I uh, turned the game back on. The next play was he just like, I don't even know if it was, a, I don't know if it was like a design run or not, but he just gets to the end zone, dodges a few guys. From like run, the, from runs like 50. It was field, like, right? No, it was like from the, it was like from the 30. So, okay. but he, he threw, I think, cause they were at, they were backed up to like their own goal line. So I think it was like a 51 yard pass through the air and then like a 30 yard touchdown run on back-to-back plays. And the whole game, even like his one thing that I noticed a little bit now, the scout guys, it's crazy is he was overthrowing balls every now and then like enough to be noticeable. But like, and I said to you, like, I'd rather have a quarterback who's overthrowing than underthrowing. Cause I feel like that's easier to fix. Like he has the arm strength. It's yeah. just refining it. So maybe, and maybe also, this is a Thomas Castellanos podcast now. Sorry, Mikey. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? It also could be a matter of speed. I don't know. I don't know who, like what his receivers were like at, at where's he where County. Yeah. where County. And they weren't so like, like dramatically overthrown. It would be like, he missed that guy by like four yards, which are actually the worst ones. Cause it's like, right. it's like, just reach out your damn hands, dude. Like come right. on, where it so. seems like you're like, well, if that's Ryan O'Keefe running, is he catching that? Like, I don't know. That's a fair point. It's yeah. It's, it'll be interesting to see, but yeah, I, it's weird. I, I think at this point, like I'm not really rooting for anyone in particular in the, in the quarterback uh, race. I just want the best one to play. I guess that's the cop-out answer. But I, I would be happy, I think, seeing all of them in the lineup because I think all of them have high upsides. I'm rooting for Mikey just because yeah. I out of spite. Out of spite. spite yeah, because like I felt fans like I treated him really unfairly. And I also felt like it was like, how was Milton five years ago and you guys are making the same mistake again? So I yeah. but I also like I also want it to be that like if Props Mikey's to you not- for learning from your mistake. <laughs> <laughs> what else do fans do? But um I you know, like if it like if Mikey's not the best option, I don't want it to be Mikey. Like I want them to play the best quarter. Right. Like I'm not like blindly like it must be Mikey, but I, I <laughs> it would be cool if it was. Like that's kind of the stance yeah. I'm in. But I don't know. I think the most likely outcome is it's JRP. I feel like that's totally fair to say. That's why he was brought in. And the hope is you keep Tommy or Mikey from transferring and those guys then, which it's not Tommy would. And then those guys battle for the job in 2023. That feels like a good strategy, but yeah, unless JRP stays for two years, which he can, I don't think that's his plan, but it wasn't, wasn't Bowser's either. So yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It's going to be very I'm, interesting. I can't wait till spring bowl. I can't wait till the spring game. I know it's going to be, gonna be so fun. Be we're not gonna be able to tell anything from the game, but it's going to be a blast. Of course to, not, but we're going to pick we're it gonna apart. Try. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to try. We're not going to determine anything, but we're going to try. We'll spend months talking about it. Hell yeah. I think we'll be, we'll have like a podcast in like the middle of June. Like, well, do you remember that play in the spring game where like this happened? I did it like, last oh, year yeah. with Mikey. I'm fully prepared to do it again. It's going to be yeah. great. But it's yeah, not just the quarterbacks. Like, I mean, we're, uh, all, a lot of the fre- a lot of the freshmen enroll early. We're going to get to see them. Yeah. Hopefully. So it should be exciting. And hopefully RJ Harvey will be back. And I think another... he, he's on the freaking, yeah, I, mean, I mean, he's clearly lifting. We see thanks to Jalen yeah. Griffin's weekly Instagram posts. So by the way, Jalen Griffin, Jaylen oh, actually, you keep sending them to me, but. Yeah, because he posts them every week. And yeah. like, I feel like the team has changed the format since he started doing it so that you can't. <laughs> and this week, it's like he, he, he now he'll like white out the names of the players who had something bad, but he did it so poorly. You could still see who the player was this week. Or just somebody didn't show up, right? And it was like, did not, like, was not here for the lift or whatever. Yeah, he, which like... was also a player who entered the portal. So I get why they weren't there, but <laughs> it's, it was still just funny. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. And it's, it's funny that like they changed the format since he started posting them. You would think they would just be like, hey, stop posting these on Instagram. But... I know. The first one that he posted, like for the first time, was brutal to guys. Oh, like, it was there was so just, bad. Like there was just one guy where it was straight up like he, he can't be coached. You know, he doesn't, he, he, you know, he, he didn't work hard. Like all, and then, and then now they're just like, this person completed the workout. This person did yeah. not. This person this set person the standard. Set the pace. Like, yeah, set the standard. Yeah, that was I... the favorite <laughs> phrase there. It's funny. Everyone it's set funny the standard. Though. They didn't say if it was good. Like quarterbacks, it was like Thomas Castellano set the standard. It's like, well, how high was the standard? Was it a good standard? Yeah, like was everyone bad? Like, I don't know. It's only they four guys. Leave, or leave guys. room for people to read into it on Jalen Griffin's Instagram story. It, uh, listen, Jalen Griffin is now one of the best follows on Instagram because he's, <laughs> he's, he's keeping us with knowledge through this, you know, this quiet part of the football calendar. 
we badly need it. Um, another cool piece of news here: um, Fanatics and One Team Partners are joining fanatics? together. Was announced last week. Fanatics. You said Did fanatics. I say fanatics. 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 <laughs> yeah, whatever. Fanatics. Right. Uh, and One Team Partners are joining together. They're securing group rights for college athletes in a nationwide jersey program. That's a fancy way of saying that jerseys with names and numbers of current athletes will be available for a limited number of programs, of which UCF is one of them. So you'll be able to get UCF player. I'm still curious. I don't know if there's been any like details, further details explained about this, but on the graphic, it just said like something like your name and the number. Like, I don't think you can, are you going to be able to personalize a Jersey? I don't know about that. Certain players. The idea of this is that you're going to be able to buy certain players jerseys. Right. What I want to know is, are there going to be legacy jerseys? Like, can I purchase a Milton Jersey or am I going to go pick up a number 10 and be really disappointed when it says Plumlee? I don't know. It might. I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting. And that's the thing is I can't wait till like this starts to become a thing. So I'm like, if it's if it's like that, like who's UCF gonna sell? Like who are the players that they're gonna well, be like? So these reading are... into it, like I believe that players have to opt into it. And so oh, then wouldn't every player opt into it, you would think? But, you like, would think, but I don't know how they would do it from there though, because you can't just know. print jerseys for guys that like their, I mean, their family would buy them, but I don't know. Unless, unless like, they're like special made to order. I don't know. But that's the thing is if they are made to order, that's exactly what you could do. That's I mean, exactly yeah. Like that's, if you want Nobarski jersey, happens. like maybe you want one. You know, I, I, it would really just be a drop down menu. You're like, I want my Alec Holler jersey. I mean, who knows? Stephen Leonard wants his Obarski jersey. I'm not even joking. I would buy a Parker Navarro jersey like tomorrow if it was available. That the self tackle maneuver ask, oh. <laughs> has become like part of UCF lore. I also just really like Parker Navarro because I spent the entire season just asking like, why the hell Malzahn kept doing the whole freaking Joey Gatewood thing when it was such a bad idea. Then they started using Parker, and I'm like, oh, that's why they were doing it because when you have a good player, it works. That actually so, works. Yeah, he's wow. a legend for that. Helped them win that Gasparillable <laughs> technically. So he spiked his face in the dirt. <laughs> so he Tough slid life. for like a yard, like on his head. I did. It was oh. so impressive hard to watch um a positive update came from gus malzahn last thursday and that was that christy malzahn his wife uh returned home from the hospital and is uh, he said he's looking forward to seeing her continue to improve uh she was in a much better condition so it was it was getting like pretty scary for a while not having updates and i understand the, you know the privacy thing of it all but i know everybody was really wanting to hear how miss christy was doing and it's good that she's home good that she's doing better um so continued thoughts and prayers with them as, yeah. as she does continue to improve that was really, so, really so glad to get that update so good to hear i mean we didn't yeah. like talk about it on the podcast just because it's not like a you know that's not it's not where podcasts are for it's right. a personal health issue but like it was like I, it was getting scary because it was just as time goes yeah. on it's just like you just hope everything's okay so that was really 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 awesome to hear yeah glad that that is behind great to me. hear um another another piece of little bit of recruiting news from the hometown hero event a couple weekends ago Four-star linebacker Troy Ford has UCF as his top school after that event, placing UCF above South Carolina. That was something I included in here because Jason B did a great job covering that event. He had stories on like four or five guys, I think, that he talked to uh, coming out of that event. They're still and, coming out. I, only, I think he's got more too. Yeah. I, and uh, I, I couldn't list everyone here, but that was one that stood out to me was that Troy Ford said that he was moving UCF ahead of South Carolina on his list. Which, well, it stood out because most of the guys recruits at their word, like, yeah, you know. but no, take them at their word because yeah. they're not polished at all. They'll just tell you what they're thinking. But most <laughs> of the guys, it's always the same thing where it's like, oh yeah, UCF was really impressive. I'm going to release a top four in on this date or like, wow, I really like the facilities. I'll let you know in a few months. This guy was just straight up like, oh yeah, UCF's my number one now. Like <laughs> it's just, they hop South Carolina. So that was definitely notable for sure. And man, that, that me, I mean, look at that. If he commits, UCF already has two, four stars and it's, yeah. uh, it's February. So not yep. that he was going to commit anytime soon, but you know what I mean? So, right. Crazy times. 
Um, last piece of thing, I, last piece of news I was going to say, which is something you already mentioned at the, the top of the podcast. I'll mention it again here in case for whatever reason you skipped the intro. Um, UCF Space Game uniform is up for UniSwag's uniform of the year. Please go vote. I think you probably already went and voted when Christian told you to at the beginning of the podcast. But if you ignored him, I'm going to drill it home here. Go do it. Just, just do it. That's all oh, I have to say, really. I have so to. I have to. Oh, are you getting the tweet that I just read? Yes. Or, yeah, from okay. I think this is the guy that was Gasparilla Bullenjoyer. Yes, this was Gasparilla okay. Bullenjoyer. Evan I Lando love that underscore. idea. Absolutely love that idea. We should do that in a couple of weeks. Yeah, no, it's a, it's definitely a good off-season thing to talk about. Um, do we want to read it or no? We'll just. Oh we'll, yeah, I guess so. We're just going to get. So yeah, his <laughs> idea. Like, was that, what was the idea? We we asked for a couple podcasts ago about if you guys could give us ideas because we're lazy and can't come up with anything. And he said that we should do an all-time UCF draft. Like if you guys have been listening, we've done our drafts with like different players before. We're doing it with all-time UCF players. That sounds like a lot of fun. It's interesting. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. And what because he said like guess which team would win. We could talk about that, and then we could probably put a poll out and say like whose team wins. Oh, right? this is yes. This is we gonna be great. That. Next week, we but I, I feel we have like a plan next week, week after. Well, I I think we have plans for a couple weeks, but it, it'll happen at some point oh. in the offseason. I want to no, I want to do this first before the other thing I talked about. This oh. is more fun. I want to do this. Okay. I mean, we'll I later. thought with it being more fun, I thought we could save it for like the more dull parts of the yeah, but the other thing, there might be more news related to that the longer we push doing it. <sighs> okay. This is so much fun. I, I love, I hope people are guessing at what it is. Cause that's just, yeah, that's keep people I love that idea though. I'm going to kill you. My team is going to be off. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I already, I'm not feeling good about that one. I'm feeling Last. better about my transfer. Um, my transfer draft a couple weeks ago, but yeah, me I'm too. Since Terrence Lewis is already bored. I don't know how motivated <laughs> he's going to be to play. Well, if he's not even having fun. I mean, yeah. anyway, yeah. What are we on? All to right, well, game of the week. <laughs> we're on to game of the week. Yeah. <laughs> the game of the week, um, which this week I've got UCF women's basketball. Um, who they have a game actually before this game of the week, but they play at South Florida on Sunday, really big game. They beat South Florida last time out um, before that game. It's actually kind of interesting because UCF plays at Houston on Wednesday, UCF 16 and three, eight and one in the AAC leading the conference right now. And behind them is South Florida 16 and six, six and two in the AAC UCF plays at Houston on Wednesday, a game they should win um, South uh, South Florida plays, at Temple on Wednesday, they Temple took them to overtime last time they played um, when they played in Tampa. And if Temple wins that game, I look, I think, I believe, yeah, they'll jump South Florida in the standings for the AAC, which seems kind of crazy to me. That is crazy. Um, but Temple would be seven and three in the conference, and South Florida would be seven and two, uh, six and three, so they'd have a half game lead there because South Florida's having a win, hell of a year, guys. If you're not yeah. invested, you should be because they are quite yeah. good at the basketball. Um, and they're, I mean, they're firmly in the tournament picture right now, but I think obviously the goal right now, they, they want to win the conference and, and kind of avenge what happened last year because they arguably deserve the regular season last year, at least a share of it. And then the, they'll obviously be, it'll be stuck with them that they lost that conference title game, the tournament title game to USF. So yeah, big game on Sunday and, you know, they're yep. coming up on the end of their season. Then we'll jump into the, the AAC tournament and then the NCAA tournament. It's been quite the ride last several years with coach Abe and great coach um, bonus shout out UCF softball starts their season this week. So this weekend. So, that so that's how you settled that. You asked me which yeah. one of those was going to be game of the week and softball yeah. gets a bonus shout out. Wow. Yeah. They get a bonus shout out. Cause like I talked, at least I talked in depth about the UCF women's basketball game. Yeah. South softball starts at home. They have a big, we've got some big teams this weekend. Um, We're so going go to a softball game in a couple of weeks. Them. We are, yeah. That's actually something that we could talk about. Um, well, maybe not right now, of, but <laughs> no, I mean, at the end of February, I'm, I'm making the trip to Orlando. Christian and I are going to 
a softball game on a Friday, women's basketball game on Saturday. It'll be fun. I'm very, I'm very looking forward to it. Don't even know who they were playing. Haven't looked it up yet, but excited for the games. Oh, I know. It's, it's actually some uh, softball plays Ole Miss, I believe, the night we're going. Oh, nice. And then um, women's basketball plays Cincinnati, which is the only team they've lost to in the conference so far. Do you remember when we went to a softball game last year and Cartwright and his wife showed up and sat in the in the visitor section with the Missouri fans? And then quickly we're like, oh, wait, we're we yeah. going to over there. Yeah. <laughs> well, at first, because he's from Missouri and I was like, is he just like, was it like a mental block or he was just like, oh, Missouri and sat down. <laughs> they were there for maybe like five minutes and then got up and moved to like the far. Like, wait a minute. I think, he, I think, because like my moves his first game. I, I don't know. Because he was it like, probably oh, wait, was. Supposed yeah. to sit over there. Yeah. Could have been. Cartwright. Is, All right. What a guy. Anyway. Always fun to watch him. Um, Anyway, do you have a tweet of the week this week? I forgot to ask you. Tweet of the week. I do have a tweet of the week this week. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, this is the first time I've given tweet of the week to like an official team account. Um, oh, no. Tweet of the week goes oh. to at USF Athletics for the most mind-boggling like attempts at a diss I've ever seen in my life. So if you're a UCF fan, you've probably noticed that USF like once a week posts a photo of dirt and is like, our indoor <laughs> practice facility is getting built. And I don't, I'm not like trying to be like, disparaging like it's literally a picture of dirt with like no progress and they're like isn't this the coolest thing you've ever seen so usf social team and their infinite wisdom tweets we agree that is a nice boulder no wonder why Donkey's obsessed with it and they post a shrek clip the very famous shrek clip where donkey sees the swamp for the first time and shrek is usf in this they put the usf logo on shrek they put the ucf logo on donkey and they photoshop the indoor practice facility over the swamp which a makes no sense and b they're comparing their IPF to a swamp and they're like posting this video where UCF's like pretending to like it when clearly revolted. And they're like, ha 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 ha. This is so great. So the best part is UCF diets, which has actual good social media replies and goes literally two seconds later. And it's donkey. Going, oh, y'all don't entertain much. <laughs> so you really ratioed them. USF tweet has 210 likes and the UCF Knights reply has 635 <laughs> likes. I just like, it, it, it wasn't even like a thing where I'm like, oh, good, we got them back. Like, I watched that video and was just baffled, like just absolutely baffled. I, I just, you, it's amazing how USF is the same level of talent, like on the field and on Twitter. Like, I, it's just, it's fascinating to me that they thought that was a good idea. I don't even know what the idea was. Like, were they in a room and it's like, oh, we really got it. We got to get some engagement. It was also, what, if it was we, just like... what if we compared our RPF to Shrek Swamp? That's perfect. It's like a Shrek reference from like, why now? Why are you referencing <laughs> Shrek in 2022? Like, also, you're doing still a an video, all-time great film, but like what? you're doing a video where someone gets to be Shrek and someone gets to be Donkey, and you make yourself Shrek, and you make your rival. Because everyone loves slime. Donkey. It's, it's like Donkey scene. <laughs> I just love that UCF has a good content team, good social media team. Like I'm literally just looking through like my likes right now on Twitter, and just from earlier, Coach uh, Greg Lovelady posted the picture of the uh new video board on at the ucf baseball stadium um and he said like hopefully like now the electrical work needs to be done hopefully operate operational this weekend for fan fest and then ucf baseball's account replies this looks operational to us coach and it's like the photoshopped tiktok of that ucf baseball made last weekend <laughs> or a couple weeks ago um of love lady's face just like really big on the screen it just, just makes me laugh every time i see it so yeah, it's, it's nice having a good content team. Shout out Eric DeSalvo and his whole team. It's just amazing. Yeah, I have a question about the content team. How did they get another Shrek clip ready that fast? That was what I wanted to know about the reply. Like, they came ready with the perfect Shrek. I don't understand. <laughs> it's like a war of Shrek on Twitter. It's funny because they were just like, wait, let's go re back and rewatch that scene. And they're like, wait, literally the same like, Someone who works for UCF, like, no Shrek that well, that they were like, oh, no, but right after that, you know, he makes an entertainment joke. So let's just do that. It, like, I, I, I don't even know, but wow. 
What a time. I like to, I, like to, I think Eric, I think Eric maybe knew the next line. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to roll with that. So. Okay. That's, that's what I'm rolling with. Eric knew the next line. I knew a kid growing up who could recite Shrek, like recite the movie line by line from start to finish. Every once in a while, I like to find the transcript. Um, that's not what it's called, but over the transcript of Shrek online. The screenplay? And, yeah, the screenplay. Just okay. find it online, copy and paste the entire thing and just send it into a group chat. So people get <laughs> the score. I don't know. It's something like we used to do in high school every once in a while. So every once in a while, it just comes to mind that I'm like, all right, I'll do that. And I'll just send the entire, I'll just send the entire Shrek movie. <laughs> I kind of want to do that again. I'm going to do it now. What is wrong with you? What? I have a lot of things wrong You're with You're an me, adult. <laughs> I, I'm not really an adult, am I? Do not send it to a chat. Okay. It has, it has a thing, like, you know, on a, what's it called? iMessage, how it, like, turns into, like, you have to click on the message to see the whole message. Yes. That's what it does. So Yeah, because it's a freaking screenplay. It's probably, like, 60 pages or something, something like that. Yeah, it's a lot. It's really wow. a lot. I'm going to try to do I'm learning right a now. lot about you right now. I'm surprised from, I haven't from Shreveport like I, to Shrek. This podcast has range. We I feel like I might have done it. Or no, I used to do songs, I think, in our old group me. You um, would send entire song them. lyrics. Like I would just, yeah, yeah, like I would get a text and it was the entire Despacito lyrics from like start to finish. <laughs> Great new song. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's a fun thing to do. If you ever just want to get your friends, just send them <laughs> screenplay. What do you mean get them? Get them with what? Like, ha <laughs> ha. They just get really annoyed and it's so funny. I don't know. I that's that's my level of humor, I guess. I have like more complex humor than that, but that's just one of the basic things that I'm like, that always gets a laugh out of me. So that's great. That's great. Anyways, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. And we hope you continue to listen after you just got that piece of information out of me. Um, we'll be back next week with episode 60. I literally offered up that information. I don't know how I just said, like, you got the information out of me. I offered that up. But uh, we'll be back next week with episode 60. And until then, you can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at by C.A. Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. Thank you guys so much for being with us, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody.